A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Blue Jays Nation Radio, episode 133. And it is a fun episode of the pod. It's a Thursday afternoon. We're feeling good, Coomzy. And the Jays took three or four from the Royals. Pretty nice. They did. We were worried. There was um, there was bad vibes for a few days there. Yeah. The uh, second couple of games after the very exciting opening day win. The two the two games after that in St. Louis were a little goofy. And then the first game in Kansas City. Eh, not the best. But then the Jays exploded. And won the next three, and now we're feeling fantastic. It's uh, the sky is no longer falling. No, they lose nine five in the opener, and then outscore the Royals thirteen to four in the final three games of that series, including a six three dub earlier on today to finish things off. Uh, pretty solid. Again, this is an easy stretch of the schedule for the Jays, and I know some people are like, ah, what, what's going to happen with this long road trip? Is it dooming the Jays from the start? And it's kind of like, you know, they lost two or three to the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are a better team They're than good. we gave them credit for yeah. and now you have you know seven straight soft matchups and as long as you go take two or three from the royals you'll walk out of this at five and two and be going hey on the season we're six and four that's pretty good for a 10 game road trip to start your year yeah you can't complain at all and i mean this would have sucked if the jays were starting with a season opening gauntlet of like you know you start off in st louis kind of a random opponent starting yeah. off in a national league park a little bit weird and then you go say and face like the Yankees and the Rays. That would be really unfortunate. But the fact that they got Kansas City right right away, it was perfect because it didn't really feel like, you know, like I said, the opening day win was good. It was exciting. It was fun. But it didn't really feel like the Jays necessarily had their groove in that St. Louis series. And then they immediately go to Kansas City and face a Royals team that, you know, they can hardly hit. Their pitchers aren't very good. They're a terrible team. And it, it just gave them an opportunity to kind of like settle into their groove. And, you know, Alec Manoa bounces back, has a really good start. Yusei Kikuchi, first start of the season, fantastic. Uh, a bunch of the hitters are rolling. It was good vibes. It was great vibes. Uh, let's get into our three up, three down for that series. And they won three of four. So we can start with the ups. And number one, Yusei Kikuchi proving that. Spring training wasn't a fluke. Maybe this wasn't a guy who just randomly pitched well down in Dunedin against mainly double A AA and triple A competition. Maybe he is legitimately going to bounce back this year. Five strong innings of three hit ball only walks one that right there. One walk. And I don't think he gave up a dinger either. Right. That one earned run. He allowed one. Oh, sorry, dinger. Yeah, that was the, the dinger. It was a solo home run. Yeah, it but was. whatever. One walk and one earned run. That is pretty solid. It was cool also seeing he got himself into a little bit of a jam in his final inning. He winds up pitching five, one earned run, as you said. He yeah. gets himself into a little bit of a jam and then strikes a guy out to finish it up. And I don't think I've seen Yusei Kikuchi in his career as a Blue Jay look that fired up. Well, that's what I love, too, is like the fist bumps, the yelling. Like you can tell how bad this isn't a guy who got his millions and is going to sit there and be like, 
ah, if I pitch bad, they'll DFA me and I'll, and I'll go back overseas or something like whatever. Like he legitimately wants to turn it around and it's easy to root for a guy like that. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's the big reason why everybody this spring really jumped on. And we've kind of coined the term here now is the Yusei Kikuchi revenge tour. Everybody's jumped on it because even as bad as the season was last year, I mean, you know, he he goes the entire season and puts up like two quality starts. Even as bad as that was, he did offer the team in September. He said, I'll go down to AAA to open up spots on the roster for you guys to call up somebody else to contribute. And the Jays ultimately opted not to. They put him in the bullpen. He was pretty good. You know, it's that kind of stuff that you're like, you know what? I want to see this guy do well. There's we we obviously want to see the players do well because we're cheering for the team and we want to see them win. But then you see them being good teammates and doing stuff like that. And you're like, you know what? I'm all aboard rooting for this guy to turn it around. It'd be cool to see him beyond just contributing to the Jays winning. It'd be nice to see him do well. Didn't pout, didn't bitch, didn't moan. Never. Just went out and did his job and understood that he wasn't good enough last year. This isn't a guy who pointed fingers, blamed, was like, oh, the ball's fucking whatever. He was just like, no, I'm not good enough. And to see him turn it around, I mean, I really hope he can keep it rolling when he gets his start against the Kansas, or sorry, against the LA Angels as well. But he looked damn good against the Royals. Granted, the little asterisk, I guess, is that Royals team doesn't hit well. No. They hit good in the first game. We'll touch on that in a second. Um, <laughs> but again, that is about as easy of an open into a year as a starting pitcher can get. Kakushi made the most of it. Give him full marks for it still. Uh, second up, if anyone was concerned about Alec Manoa, they absolutely should not have been. This guy is a legitimate ace. And if it wasn't already cemented to me, the first two starts of this season cement that because... He can have a bad start. One of the worst starts of his career. Mm-hmm. And he can go, yeah, doesn't phase me. I'll come back, throw seven shutout innings next time up. It's all good. Well, it was funny seeing. Um, so you have those two starts in a row. The one that was right at the end of, of, of last year, the playoff game one start. Manoa had a bit of a rough first inning, not a great start. And then mm-hmm. it was opening day in St. Louis gets roughed up. Like you said, one of the worst starts of his career and fans of other teams, those who are rooting against the Blue Jays, those who don't like Alec Manoa because they think he gets too charged up, too big of a personality, blah, blah, blah. We're so excited and so ready to jump on him for not being the pitcher that he actually is. You know, everyone's mockingly saying the oh, the, the the pressure in the tires comment and everyone's like, oh, Alec Manoa actually isn't a big game pitcher. Well, I mean, you look back at his body of work and this guy's had like three or four bad starts since coming up in 2021 and of two of them are magnified because one was in the playoffs one was on opening day but I don't think if 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 you follow the Blue Jays closely and have watched this guy pitch since he came up there really shouldn't be any concern about his ability to bounce back even if he doesn't have his best stuff we saw this a million times last year he still finds ways to put up quality innings no matter what he works himself out of jams even if his command isn't amazing he's walking guys you know he's allowing soft contact he's getting double plays he just gets the job done it's there there there, there was no reason to worry after the opening day start and Alec Manoa comes back seven innings, only one hit and no earned runs. The four bases on balls. You're kind of like, eh, not the best, but I mean, at no point during that start did Manoa look like he wasn't in complete control. hundred percent. 100% in control is a great way to put it. Cause you're right. A couple walks in there. You don't love seeing that on the stat line, but I mean, 
again, to allow more or less five base runners over the course of seven innings. That is all good by me. Drops his ERA on the season to 4.35. So it'll probably take him a little bit to get that back to maybe what his number was last year, even down into the two range. But still, he looked good. Also, shout out to Eric Swanson, who stepped up in relief, got the hold, pitched an inning, got a strikeout. His ERA on the season, 2.70. And then uh, a little bonus up as we wrap up the talk about pitching. Jordan Romano, this guy still nails. Or oh, yeah. still one of the best in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, anytime he comes into a game, you feel you feel good about it. He just looks absolutely dominant. And I mean, there was some shaky moments from the bullpen. There has been throughout the early parts of the season. You know, in game four against Kansas City, they allowed a few runs and they turned it into a save situation. Trevor Richards, Tim Meza have a bit of a struggle. But those are the guys at the bottom of the bullpen that you're like, these aren't the main guys, but yeah. when you have those main guys, like in the, in the fourth game, Anthony Bass came in and pitched magnificent inning. Uh, Jimmy Garcia, same thing comes in and escapes the, the jam. And then all the situations where Romano's pitching during the Kansas city series just looked absolute nails. Mm-hmm. Yep. Romano looked good. Big reason why the Jays held off the Royals to win three out of four. Let's talk about the bats, though, as we conclude our three up, three down. There are a couple of different ways we'll go, but I'll I'll just let you go. What stood out to you? Uh, Dalton Varsho has Mm -hmm. really, really gotten off to a good start and has really started to really quickly endeared himself to the fan base. I think they're. I mean, the Jays, the Jays paid a significant price to acquire this guy in the offseason. Gabby yeah. Moreno looks like, I mean, maybe it won't come this year, maybe it won't come next year, but it looks like he's going to be a really good catcher in the major leagues. And Lourdes Gurriel, as we've said on this podcast a million times, uh, for, for weeks at a time, can be the best hitter in major league baseball. Super likable player, super yeah. likable personality. So that that trade wasn't necessarily easy to swallow. But I think we knew with 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 Varsha that the Jays were getting a player that they could really, they, they really needed. Somebody who's very good defensively, somebody who who has speed but it's not until you really watch the player that you can really really notice those things and the impact Mm -hmm. that he can make and you know you have situations where he's ridiculously fast on the base paths turning a single into a double and we got to see his little bunt single thing for the first time and then he smashes a home run to opposite field something he never did last year and people on twitter were talking the the dalton varsho hat trick so this is something we're going to keep an eye on this year if he puts up a bunt single hits a home run and makes a nice defensive play like he did in the second game that's the dalton varsho hat trick batting 357 on the year and here's what i like about this move you mentioned the price they paid for him this isn't paying the price for Troy Tulowitzki. And we're sitting here going, ooh, we're getting, we're squeezing the last little bit out of this guy, right? Like, again, not to make a too direct of a comparison, but you pay that price because you believe you're not only getting a guy who's going to make a great impact on you in the coming season, but in the years down the line as well. Like at 26 years old, they should get four years of really good baseball at a Dalton Bar show if they can keep him around, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that's just a big part of this. This guy... Everything it felt like they were lacking last year, Varsho seems to bring really smart and aggressive on the base pass, really good defensively, a really diverse hitter who can hurt you in so many ways. And I love that they're using him as protection behind Vladdy, because if he keeps hitting this way, that just means Vladdy's going to keep crushing it. Oh, yeah. And Vladdy's looked. That's a perfect segue to the next player I wanted to talk about. Vladdy looks probably as locked in as I've ever seen him in his big league career. Like he had. The 2021 season was magnificent, but I do believe that some of that season was partially because of, you know, amazing numbers in Dunedin and Buffalo. But this year he's only struck out once. 
It's been 27 at bats. Yeah. 27 at bats struck out once and he's not swinging at anything outside the zone. So opposing pitchers either have to walk him and then go up against Varsho and Matt Chapman, who are both killing it, or they have to throw it in the zone to Vladdy and he's fucking crushing the ball. Like in, in the fourth game, that home run that he hit. It looked like it came off the bat at 200 miles an hour. Rocket. It looked like it was going to go through a seat in the outfield. It was, he just, he just absolutely clubbed it. And I mean, we, we legitimately could, if, if he keeps this up, see the even better than what we saw in 2021, there was worry. There was worry. There was, Oh, is Vladdy ever going to do this again? Did he have the best season of his career? You know, in 2021, when he was young, these things happen, mm. but man, he looks as locked in as I've ever seen him back to back three hit games (laughs) to end the series against the Royals. And he goes yard twice for good measure as well. He's walked five times struck out once again. This just goes to not saying that like having tail hitting behind him wasn't good or whatever, because it really was, but it's not like they've lost that element to their lineup. And if Varsho and Chapman as well are going to keep raking, that is protection for Vladdy where he can take his walks. Like he's shown this year, he's open to, or They'll just absolutely punish you with the bat. Uh, Matt Chapman as well. He deserves more than an honorable mention. There's just so many positives to get through from this series against the Royals. Again, I understand it's the Royals. Just don't. Good vibes only. Yeah, good vibes it's, a, it's only. a good, good vibes, vibes only pod. And I mean, Matt Chapman could be the hottest hitter in baseball to start the season. He's got like, what, six doubles already? Yeah, I think he he tied a Blue Jays franchise record for the most extra base hits for the first five games of the season. And I have him written down now. Uh, I was writing the notes during the game, so this might I, I I might have made an error, but I have Matt Chapman with 13 hits through his first 27 at bats. He's like every time he comes up, you pretty much just assume he's going to get on base. And I mean, yeah. Matt Chapman was fantastic for the Blue Jays last year, but largely what he brought to the team was that amazing defense and, you know, just, just the consistency game in game out. And this year now we're, you know, it's, it's, it's only been a week, but we're seeing, you know, Matt Chapman hasn't hit this well since, you you know, his 2018, 19 seasons in Oakland when he was, you know, the, the like top, like in the, in the top five voting for MVP. So, I mean, He's going to get absolutely paid this winter. I, I I do hope it's the Blue Jays. I'm not sure it will be them, but man, oh man, oh man, he is. He looks motivated to make himself a ridiculous bag of cash this offseason. And I mean, having players motivated to do things, you know, as such is good for the team. It's it's you know, you want to have players who are beyond just wanting to win committed for that reason. And Matt Chapman looks like he's going to have a ridiculous season. Leads the majors with six doubles. No one else even has five yet on the year. It's been a crazy start for Chapman, who is uh, his OPS is one one thousand two hundred twenty one. One, two, two, it's one. Ridiculous. It's pretty good. I didn't even really know how to properly say that uh, in terms because it's just such a high number. It's crazy, man. Just it crazy. Is. The run Chapman's on. And hey, listen, if he ends up getting two hundred eighty million dollars from fucking whoever, but the Jays got a ring. I don't care. You can leave next year, man. If the Jays win a ring and he's unbelievable, I'll be a little salty. I'll be like, yeah, Rogers, come on, open up the pocketbook. He gave you a ring. But like, you know what I mean? Him having a career year, if it comes at the cost of him pricing himself out of the market of the Jays, like I'll take that because they need the productive year this year. This is a team who's, you know, their window isn't closing, but you have a guy like Gosman who's a little bit on the older side. There are elements of this lineup. George Springer's not certainly not getting any younger. 
there are elements of this lineup that you can kind of look at and go, ooh, wonder if the best years are still in front of you. There's pressure to win now. Matt Chapman's an important piece. Hopefully him getting off to a good start is a sign that he's going to have a great season. Yeah, we'll worry about the free agency when the free agency comes. Yeah. Um, That's a really good way of saying what took me 45 seconds to get out. <laughs> no, we're both just so fired up. We're going about it in the most like roundabout ways. Yeah. We're, 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 we're exclusively good vibes today, but... I mean, another thing to consider is even if Matt Chapman does leave, uh, surely the Oakland Athletics will. And I don't know if they will be the Oakland Athletics for much longer. They might be the Las Vegas Athletics or the Las Vegas something else's. But surely that franchise will develop internally a third baseman and trade him to the Blue Jays for not a hell of a lot. Kevin Smith. I don't know. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe that's who it is. You never know. I think I was looking at Oakland's top prospects the other day because I wanted to make a joke about this on Twitter. But I think like their number three prospect, I forget what the kid's name is, is in AAA. Third baseman. Not maybe. a lot going on there. Yeah, not much, not much going on for the A's, yeah. but eh, maybe they'll maybe they'll develop somebody and he'll inevitably, as soon as the Oakland A's develop a good third baseman, he will soon be a blue jay. We can take, look forward to that. Let's take a look at the down part of that series against Kansas City. Number one is obviously just them not coming through in that first game, but a big reason, big reason why they didn't win that first game. Uh Jose Barrios got smoked. Wasn't even close. Was not a moment in that ball game or in that start where I was like, oh, maybe he's got it today. No, he got drilled. He was missing spots. He gave up eight earned. Great that he pitched into the sixth. Great that he had the strikeout pitch going. But you gave up eight earned runs to the Kansas City Royals. Not good enough. We used we put the asterisk next to Kikuchi and Manoa. Literally like, yeah, they did it against the Royals. <laughs> okay. Okay. Barrios getting lit up by the Royals is like sound all of the alarms it's a problem man and like bk talked about the vibes when this guy's on the mound and how like just nothing looks right nothing looks promising there's zero part of his delivery of where these pitches are going his stuff in general nothing looks like it's at a major league level he's throwing batting practice it's brutal it's it's honestly completely confounding too because think back to 2021 when they got him from the Twins and you know going down the stretch that season he was really good. Um you know he wasn't he wasn't number 1 starter ace Alec Manoa last September sub 1 ERA good but he was like you know 3 350 ERA very strong. I can pretty vividly remember a start that he had against the Twins where he struck out 13 guys. Looked fantastic. And now he just doesn't look like the same guy. I mean, you look at the advanced stats and I'm not a huge I'm not a huge baseball savant guy. There's people around that are significantly better at that kind of thing than me analyzing pitchers, but from my understanding based on what people have talked about is his four-seam fastball just keeps getting drilled. It's like you basically just have a batting a batting practice machine set to easy at that point. You know, his other pitches are doing well. So it's sort of bizarre that the strategy with Jose Barrios at this point, they they haven't had him stop throwing the four seam fastball. Like, I don't know, maybe lean into the slider more, maybe throw like the cutter more. I, I truly don't know. It's but it's stunning to kind of look at the splits on his fastball and how hard it's getting drilled and that he just keeps throwing it. It's weird. It's confounding. It's a little bit like Kikuchi last year, right? Where it was, but almost the reverse. Where like Kikuchi had this heater that was just like never so good. And he never threw it. And Barrios, it's kind of like your breaking stuff is better, but you keep wanting to force the fastball in there. It's really, really confusing. And his next start is going to come at the dome. It's going to come against the Tigers who are not a good offensive team. <laughs> so like 
maybe there's some hope that this was just a blip, but it's really hard for me to even like say that with a straight face and be like, oh, maybe it's just a blip when like, well, if we're calling that a blip, then we're calling the whole last 12 months with this guy a blip because it's now been a year since last opening day. He got lit up at the dome, didn't record an out or whatever, didn't get out of the first inning. It's like, fuck, they they don't quote unquote need this guy to turn around because if Kikuchi turns it around Mm -hmm. and Bassett turns it around, oh my God, we're talking about three pitchers that need to turn it around for this rotation. (laughs) But like, you know, those other two guys can sit there. You'll still have a solid group of four. Barrios as your quote unquote five is like whatever, but I'm just nervous there's going to come a point here where he's unstartable. Yeah, that's kind of the worry. And I mean, to be fair to him last year, it, it was a mixed bag. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't every single start was terrible. There was some good ones, but that's not really what you want. You don't want to be in a situation where every once in a while, Jose Barrios just comes out and you wouldn't be shocked if he only pitched three innings and allowed eight runs. Yeah. You really just don't want that to be a thing. And it especially sucks because, you know, they've invested in this guy long-term. He's signed for, you know, this season. And what is it? Six more after that. Crazy so, big extension. Yeah. So they've, they've, they've fully invested in this guy and it's, yeah, it's, it's, if he, if he continues going like this, then it's going to be, uh, the trade deadline is going to be approaching and, uh, they might have to consider adding another starter because, you know, having you say Kikuchi and Chris Bassett be your three, four, uh, it's, it's, and, and if Brios is ineffective, then, you know, you'd like to have some more depth after that. You'd like to have some more insurance, but eh, it's only one start. Um, it, he's probably like, there was, there was a lot of talk about kind of the sky has fallen. Things aren't looking good in the first handful of games. And I kind of brushed a lot of it off, but I think the gripes about Barrios are valid yeah. given last year. Like, I'm not going to sit here and worry. Like, like, like we said earlier, Manoa after the first start against the Cardinals. No, I'm not going to sit and worry about that. Bassett had a hard time with Pitchcom and Danny Jansen. Ah, whatever. He has a pretty significant track record of success. It'll probably be fine. But <laughs> with Barrios, man, he had a rough year last year and he looked, he looked like 2022 Jose Barrios again. He didn't look like 2021 Jose Barrios, but we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, we're not going to draw any significant conclusions, but there's definitely reason for anxiety. Yeah, there is. It's interesting to look at the way things have gone on the pitching front for this front office. Yeah. Steven Matz, unreal pickup. That guy delivered results mm-hmm. greater than his contract. Ross Stripling, same boat. Robbie, Robbie Ray. Ray, great. Kevin Gosman has been good. We understand the circumstances which have maybe led to his numbers not being as great as you'd like, but like four clear cut like victories. Mm-hmm. And then Barrios, Kikuchi, Tanner Rourke, Tanner Rourke, and maybe Chris Bassett. Maybe. It's been one start. I shouldn't include him in there. But there are three just going Rourke, Barrios, Kikuchi, three clear face plants stepping on the rake and it comes right up into your nose. Yeah. You'd like, yeah. Pitching, pitching's volatile, but that's not a really great record of success. And it's the, the, the strangest thing is I can remember in 2015 when Shapiro took over and then Atkins becomes the GM and it was all the Cleveland crew, this and that. And you know, the blue Jays then in 2016 faced Cleveland in the ALCS with yeah. that amazing pitching staff, largely internally developed with, you know, the, 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 the outside acquisition being Andrew Miller. But when, when, when we talked about the Cleveland crew, it was like, Oh, these guys develop pitching so well. And mm-hmm. the pitching is amazing in Cleveland. These guys are going to build a pitching factory in Toronto. And that just really hasn't happened yet. It's the, the, the internal development 
outside of, you know, Alec Manoa in terms of starting pitching, pretty much not there. And I mean, I guess things will get better as time goes along because the Dunedin pitching complex just opened up a couple of years ago. But it's it's a little surprising that we're what, like seven, eight years deep into the Cleveland crew regime yeah. and the <laughs> they just haven't really become that pitching factory that we expected forgot Hunjin Ryu in that mix as well. Oh, true. That's, that's a weird one because it is. it's the injuries. They, they took a gamble came and, at a COVID time too. Yeah. Like, everyone knew that he was injury prone, but when he was good, he was so good and they needed someone to help lift them over the top and make them competitive. And also like, now that you've mentioned that it's wild to look at Kansas city and how bad they are. Given yep. like they, they've been bad for so long. They win the world series in 2015 and they're immediately not competitive after that. I think they went like 80 and 82 and in, in 2016 after winning the world series, like the Jays kind of had the same competitive window. They're there 15 and 16. And then they start rebuilding after that. And they're already right back in the playoff hunt in 2020, 2021. Yeah. And Kansas city is like not even close. No, Whit Merrifield's career started. I think in 2016, he made his debut and he had a career with the Royals and got traded away, sold off to a contending team. So that guy had like the entire like first yeah. few years of his career and they weren't even close to good. And they're still not close. And they're good. in a worse division. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. It's really hard. To wrap it, your it, 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 um, it definitely just points out how quickly things worked for the Jays and how nice that is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Picking up Bo in the second round, getting Vlad signed, like. That that'll speed it along, Manoa. And I know the free is agency, too, the free right? agency, getting aggressive. Yeah, spending. It's Ryu, a lesson Springer. to other major league teams. Yeah, Gosman, like teams like this, and and we talked about this in the pre in preseason podcast. You see a team like the Baltimore Orioles who had like kind of a little breakout breakout season last year. They don't make the playoffs, but it's kind of like the same version of the season that the Jays had in 2020. Yep, and they just don't invest. And then Kansas City, they're doing nothing. Yeah, they're not even trying to be. Bobby Witt's good. Yeah, Bobby Witt's good, but. <laughs> Is he going to be gone by the time the Royals are competitive? Probably. Like reasonably, honestly. Yeah. Like they've got nothing. All right. We're going to take a look ahead here in just a second, but first we'll step aside for a quick break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, 
It is three against the Angels coming up next. Good news. They avoid Shohei Otani. As a pitcher. As a pitcher. You cannot <laughs> avoid him. He is inevitable as a hitter. He is inevitable. At least you don't have to face him as a starter. That Angels rotation is pretty decent, though. The Angels rotation is quite strong. It's um, it's kind of surprising to say that because yeah. it always kind of feels like the thing that's held the Angels back during the Mike Trout, Shohei Otani era has been pitching, but... Uh, their rotation is decent on paper. Mm-hmm. The Jays are going to see it's going to be uh, Chris Bassett versus Sandoval, uh, Jose Barrios versus Anderson. Anderson was one of the guys the Jays, Tyler Anderson was one of the guys yeah. the Jays were in the mix to maybe sign in the offseason, but he goes to Anaheim. And then it's Yusei Kikuchi versus Reed Detmers. All three of those guys are pretty solid starters. So yep. maybe this is a low-ish scoring series, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the way the Jays bats kind of hummed along there at the end, you'd like to see them keep it rolling. Um, but it, it'll be a tough one against the Angels. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what my expectations are coming into this one, because, again, you got to face Mike Trout. You got to face Shohei Otani, the starting or sorry, the batter in this series. Like this is an Angels team that I don't know. I see. They're I weird. root for them. Because I think it'd be good for the sport to have them do well, right? Like Shohei Otani starting a playoff game is good for the sport, would draw a lot of eyeballs on it. Mike Trout doing his thing in a playoff series is good for the sport, would draw a lot of eyeballs. So I have this like weird liking of them. They're four and two to start the year. So they're showing they can win plus 13 run differential as well. Um, It'll be their home opener on Friday. So some extra juice behind it for them. This will be a tougher series than I probably understood. Yeah. I think, I think when you look at the first 10 games, the Jays play on the road trip, you see, okay, the Cardinals are good. That's a contending Mm -hmm. team. That's a team that could feasibly win the world series this year. And then the Royals, they suck. They're really bad. And then right in the middle of those two teams is the, is the angels. You don't really know what to expect last year. They got off to a phenomenal start and then they imploded when the Jays went out West. And I think the Jays swept them in a four game series. It might've been a three game series. Yeah. It was a four game series because it's the first time they had ever done that in Anaheim. Mm -hmm. And then they completely imploded, but last April they were really good. So uh, the angels are a team that can get off to a hot start because of their two really good players. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's not easy to draw a prediction for what to expect in a, yeah, in a, in a home opening series in Anaheim against the angels. They're, they're, they're the perfect candidate for a team to get off to a hot start and then shit their pants in May. So if the Jays wind up losing two of three in this series, well, that's not like horrifically surprising. It's It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Late games too. So the vibes are always a little bit weird in LA and all that. Um, Total miscue by me. I glossed over the other big down from the series against the Royals. Brandon Belt might just be bad at baseball. I I can't tell if he's slumping or terrible, but I'm starting to lean towards terrible. Yeah, I think it's been 19 at bats now and only one hit and 12 strikeouts. How? He's he's (laughs) he's challenging. um, And this is going to be a throwback. I don't know if you'd even remember this guy playing here, but in 2017, Jared Saul Tolomakia was Aww. was one of the two catchers the Jays had. And I think he went like one for 25 before getting DFA'd. I, I, I think the Jays will give Brandon Belt a longer look than Jared Saul Tolomakia. They, they invested a decent amount in this guy yeah. in the offseason. It's only a one-year deal, not the end of the world. I think it was like one year, nine, ten million bucks yeah. kind of thing. Not a, not a, not a significant Jump change. Amount. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Connor McDavid money. But um Yeah, you'd think that based on that financial investment that they're not going to pull the plug and DFA the guy halfway through April. But I don't know, man, like there was there was a lot of hope that he's had his knee surgery in the offseason. He's healthy, feeling the best that he's felt in years, but he's also old. 
So even if he's sometimes guys just lose it. And, 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 and you're seeing him swing through like 92 miles an hour. And it's like, this isn't looking good now. To be fair, he didn't have much of a spring training, only took a few at bats. So maybe it's just going to be a slow start. But yikes. Yeah, there are uh, two ways this could go. I'd love your take on what you think is more likely. Brandon Belt rebounds, ends up batting like 230 this year, is a decent lefty bat bench, or he gets DFA'd in like a month and a bit. Well, think back to the uh, preseason podcast with 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 you, me, and BK. I said as part of my prediction, and none of this made any sense because I put no thought into it, the Jays are going to trade for Joey Otani, and they're also going to trade for Joey Votto. And everybody, you guys were both like, wait a minute, where's Brandon Belt going to bat? And uh, given the way things for are started. The Bisons. <laughs> yeah, maybe for, uh, I don't know, maybe for Cincinnati, yeah. maybe for the AAA Bisons, maybe for an indie League club, I don't know. The thing is, though, like, <laughs> I mean, we're laughing about it, but that storyline is going to linger all year. It is going to be... If Brandon Belt sucks, like the Reds mm-hmm. GM said, I will. I could trade Joey Votto to Toronto if he wants it. Yeah. So you know it's not going to cost you assets. The storylines would be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go away. No, even if not. even if Brandon Belt plays well, that's not going to go away. No, I don't think it will. Every every bad at, and and look like we're 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 harping on the guy a little bit. Yeah, we, we all want to see Brandon Belt figured out and do yep. well. Like his his injury issues are unfortunate because he's a really good player. But um, every time he has a bad at bat or swings through ninety two mm-hmm. miles an hour, there are a lot of fans in Canada who are sitting there being like Joey Votto, Joey Votto, Joey Votto. And I, and I think you're right. Even if Brandon Belt is solid and has like a 750 OPS, I think fans of regardless are going to be like Joey Votto, Joey Votto, Joey Votto. It's just going to be a thing all yeah. summer. Everybody wants it. Yeah, it's an easy thing for casual fans to latch on to as well and all that. Like it, it'll be a thing all summer. Um, you are heading out to Toronto for the home opener right away. And I know we're still kind of a week away from that. But the team unveiled officially the real pictures, not renderings. Real pictures of what the new ballpark looks like or the new features at the ballpark. Um, Really awesome. I just love this. This is the future of watching sports is having bar areas, casual spots where people can dump, you know, stop in, have a beer sitting in right field. Go back to their seats here. If you're by upper deck tickets, ah, try to smooch a seat down low. Like it's. It, it's just such an enjoyable way to present your product and bring in people who aren't just the diehards. I love this. I love the $20 ticket, all of it. It's so good. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing with, especially with the bleachers. You see the picture, yeah. you see the pictures <laughs> and man, people are going to be so close to where the opposing pitchers line up. I, a lot of people pointed this out, but it's very funny that, 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 for the fan base in which, you know, remember in 2015 when there was beers and everything being thrown on the field during the Texas series. We shouldn't exactly have their trust. No, it's like these two things happened in 2015 and 2016. There was also against Baltimore too. someone chucked something. These two things happened. So they're like, let's renovate the Rogers Center to create like a bleacher creatures area where you can just fuck with and stress out opposing pitchers. I, I, I do worry something's going to happen, but it's also going to be really funny because there's uh bk mentioned this in the thing um uh a couple weeks ago garrett cole warming up out there and he's very specific about how he likes to warm up so imagine jay's fan 
everyone's getting under his skin. The restaurants look really cool. They look really fun. It looks like there's a whole bunch of different options for different food. You can play cornhole in the upper deck while you watch the game. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's it's good for people that have ADHD like us who like to get up and move around. That's one of my favorite things about a ball game is, you know, you get there, you go and grab your drink and then you go and look in the shop and then you wander around. I love doing a full loop. And, yeah. and seeing the game from each angle in the stadium. And this this just allows you to go and move around and do different stuff. It also makes it a lot easier if you're a non-baseball fan who just wants to check out a game casually. You can, you know, go and sit in a restaurant and so You won't be bored. Yeah, it's just on in the background. That's cool. That's that's when you travel around and you go to different parks. These are the experiences that are really sweet. Like. I don't, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, yeah, baseball shouldn't necessarily all be about baseball because I do. I do love the sport But for but people like us yeah. and for everyone listening to this podcast. Yes, it is. You're going to go yeah. to a game for the most part and you're not going to be like with your back turned for four innings. But there is just a group of people that you can expose to the sport, slowly mm-hmm. turn them into diehards. But you do that by getting them in the door. Yeah, because then you can go and. Maybe the first, second and third and fourth innings are boring and it doesn't heat up until the seventh, eighth and ninth. You can spend the first two thirds of the game sitting on that big fucking hot dog teeter totter and going Just up getting and- fucking <laughs> obliterated, getting so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of funny. These like these kind of park themed things yeah. for kids. But all I can visualize is drunk people throwing the sandbags around and drunk people bouncing around on the big hot dog. It's really funny to visualize. I don't know. I think it'll be a blast. I'm very excited for opening day. I definitely want to get down there into that bleacher area and and watch Jays fans do their thing and be very annoying to opposing pitchers. That's what I want to say. We will have your full thoughts on it when we recap that uh, when we recap that series. I promise I won't do anything stupid. Nothing stupid. I never do. You don't want to be like that one guy who got banned for life. No, that was bad. That was that was bad. Don't throw beers, people. That's what we're saying. We're party responsibly. We're advocating for people to get lit up and have a good time and yeah. annoy opposing pitchers. But we're not advocating for people to throw anything at anybody. Mm-hmm. Nope. 100%. That's not what we're about. <laughs> no. Uh, three games against the Angels. It all wraps up Sunday with a four o'clock Eastern first pitch. We'll be here to break it all down. Hopefully we're talking about a handful of wins for the Jays and they're coming back to Toronto to start their season next Tuesday with a really nice record. Uh, three against the Angels out on the West Coast. Drink your late coffees because it's 930 and 907 Eastern time starts on those first two. Um, anyways, Coombsy, not that bad for us, though. Not that bad. Not for, that oh, bad for us. In the mountain time zone, these are great. I love it. This was a nightmare for the few years that I lived in Toronto. Staying up to watch a game that starts at like nine, 10 local time is not fun at all, but nope. I don't mind the West coast games when I'm, when I'm in the mountain time zone, don't Mm -hmm. have a problem with it. All right. Enjoy the games. Coomzy. Best wishes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.